All right, guys, this is podcast number 169. 169 episodes will be completed after this one. It's amazing. Uh, we're gonna we're on route to do 200 or more episodes this year. But today's topic, we're gonna be talking about fighting demons. And I know a lot of people can think that as being figurative uh, speech. Um, and, and to be honest with this podcast, it's going to be both. It's going to be very personal, going to be getting to a lot of my personal life and quite literally fighting demons. Um, and, and this, the point of this podcast is to explain to you guys how I became so tough, how I have this mental toughness, how I became so rough and just very dominant and just my perspective on life is very different in how I see things. Uh, I think that I've been through a lot growing up. Um, and, and I've done a lot of things that I probably wouldn't want to tell people. Nothing too crazy. They, like my mom said, she said, you know, never do something in the dark, which when it came to light, you'll be ashamed to tell. So I make sure it's nothing crazy like that. But I wouldn't readily tell things just on camera like this, right? Um, I would never say something to incriminate myself. Um, you know, in the, the things that I would say, I'm I would be ashamed of. I'm not afraid of saying, you know, like you know, having a girl, you know, you know, toss your salad. Listen, it's happened. And there, I said it. I don't care. <laughs> but you know, that's a common. You know, girls be eating ass. I mean, eating eating guys' butt all the time. <laughs> Listen, it is what it is. But I would say that's by far the worst thing that I would ever be afraid to tell and say on camera. Um, and I would be afraid to, you know, my per people in personal life to know. But um, when you own your truths, um, nobody can ever really hold it against you. So that's what we're going to be getting into today. And just a lot of a lot of story time, a lot of personal things. And just to give you guys an understanding as to why being tough is so crucial and how it made and how it has made a lot of things easy for me in my life. Just having a really tough and rough upbringing. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, fighting demons. And this is this is going to be a good one. But if you know how the podcast goes, we play the song and then we get right into it. Um, don't go anywhere. This is J.O. Say It. And right after the song, we're going to get into the podcast. That big Hollywood shit, niggas. You copping that shit you wish you could get. You know what I'm saying? We ain't fucking around out here, man. What the fuck you thought it was, nigga? You know how we doing, nigga? We doing back-to-back shit. Ain't no stopping, ain't no motherfucking breaks, nigga. This shit ain't for the week. So tell them niggas, watch out. I'm going blow. Ain't depending on no niggas. Yeah, yeah, I'm going roll. I ain't even tripping about the lies being told. That's what happens when you popping, niggas. Say it ain't so. Say it ain't so. Ain't so. Got the city on fire, but I'm still too cold. Always tell it like it is. Yeah, you know I'm too bold. But you still sleeping on me, niggas. Say it ain't so. Say it ain't so. Ain't so, got it figured out Tried to be the nice guy, but now I'm on a different route Probably got your girlfriend in my crib Just trying to dick her down And best believe I kick her out If she don't plan on putting out Yeah, cause I'm a dog, I'm a fucking dog Got a lot of bitches, but I'm always trying to fuck some more Yeah, so what you want from a nigga I done found out the game And they don't be loving niggas I'm good, I'm all set The way I do my own thing, get it, y'all vexed I'm just calling shots like a motherfucking rep Whole time y'all was playing checkers I was playing chess, man, this shit a mess 
this. I'm going broke, going blow, ain't depending on no niggas. Yeah, yeah, I'm going broke. I ain't even tripping about the lies being told. That's what happens when you popping niggas saying ain't so. Saying ain't, ain't so. Got the city on fire, but I'm still too cold. Always tell it like it is. Yeah, you know I'm too bold, but you still sleeping on me. Niggas saying ain't so. Saying ain't. Ain't so, then I'm back, nigga, tell shorty that a man. She know he a whack, nigga, doing all that yapping. He just hating cause my stack's bigger. Hit it from the back. I'm the one that got an ass bigger. Yeah, and I'm a boss. I'm a fucking boss. Feeling like I'm Kelly, baby. I ain't never took a loss. Nah, and I'm in y'all with the cross. Putting on for my city, and I put that on the cross. So I'm good. I'm all set. Who's real, who's fake? Now let's put them to the test. I ain't worried about a thing, baby. I ain't never stressed. Ben thought I was that nigga. Man, I must confess. Bitch, I've been the best. I'm going blow, ain't depending on no niggas, yeah, yeah, I'm going broke. I ain't even tripping about the lies being told, that's what happens when you popping niggas saying ain't so, saying ain't, ain't so, got the city on fire, but I'm still too cold, always tell it like it is, yeah, you know I'm too bold, but you still sleeping on me, niggas saying ain't so, saying ain't. All right, guys, that was J.O. Say It Ain't. Now, today's podcast. It's unfortunate that we don't have the best audience for this one, but I think that's for the best. Um, this is something that I've been wanting to do. Um, and to give you guys an understanding of the difference in generation, and there's a lot of things that that I've been through growing up that has made me tough today, you know? Some of the things that have given me a certain mindset. And I think that there's a lot of logic being lost in society. And you can say figuratively, you can say even from a point of uh, just literally, when I say fighting demons, I mean, literally, I've been fighting demons, literally and, and figuratively, right? You know, growing up, I grew up in Farakaway, Queens. Now, if you're from New York, if you're from the boroughs, you know that Farakaway isn't the best place, right? Um, I know it doesn't probably doesn't gain a lot of notoriety outside of New York, outside of the states. But if you're from New York, you understand that Farakaway is is a danger zone in itself, right? Um, and I think growing up, I was I was surrounded by a lot of tough stuff, right? Not not the most dire situations, right? I don't think it's anything like they say in like Chirac, but it's it's not the best place, right? Um, I think at a young age, not I think I was at a young age, I was introduced uh, to porn at a very young age. So I, I think growing up, I was hypersexualized, um, which is why I wanted to, you know, talk to girls, which is why I lost my virginity so young. I was like 12 years old, right? The first time I hooked up with a girl. Um, I remember that. It was my first girlfriend, Mrs. Eckford. I'm not going to say her whole name. <laughs> this is crazy, right? And uh, and I was like four years old. Crazy thing. I would wake up really early, right? I would sleep with my aunt because I was like, I was young. I was like three, four, or four or five, whatever. And went on for like, you know, the first, you know, my first few years of school and like even a little before that, I wake up early and my aunt, my uncle, uh, my aunt would be sleep. I'll go use the bathroom and wake up. And then, you know, my uncle's in there watching adult films. He's watching adult films and I'm just like, oh, what's this? And he said, sit down and teach you to be a man and let me watch it. Just let me watch it with him. Sometimes my cousin being there watching it too, right? Uh, and we would just literally uh, be watching 
porn. We would be watching adult films at 12 years old and they would let me. And you know what? That is not the best thing because even when I was five and I went to school, I had like, I got caught in the bathroom with a girl and we was like, we had planned it out. We was like, at the, when we were at lunch, we were like, all right, you go to the bathroom and I'm going to go to the bathroom after you. And um, we're going to like play house, right? And so we went in there, we we're filling each other up, kissing each other. And I was like, you know, put my hands in her pants. And at the time, the bathroom was connected to another room. So you walk into the bathroom on one side of the room, right? And you can walk out of the bathroom on the other side, diagonally across from the other side of the room and go into a different classroom. So I think the teacher was going in. And as she was going into that other classroom, she saw us coming out of the same stool. <laughs> she saw us coming out of the same stool. And this is me at like five years old. So she's like, why are you guys coming out of there? Out of the same bathroom? I'm like, uh, uh, we didn't say nothing. She was like, you're in trouble. I'm going to call your parents and tell them crazy part is she never called my parents and didn't tell. And then, so the next day I totally had forgot about it. I came, came in happy, me and my happy self. And she said, I decided not to tell your parents, but you guys have to understand you can't ever do that again. I was like, all right, cool. But that was her mistake because in my head, I said, I said that if she, if it was wrong for me to do that, she would have told my parents and she didn't. And I remember the last day of school at kindergarten, I was crying. I thought it was going to be in trouble because my parents had to come to school. And I thought she was going to tell my parents, but she didn't. She held it down, <laughs> which is probably not a good thing in my head. That was just always justified. Like, yeah, I didn't. it wasn't that bad. Maybe I shouldn't have done it. And I thought I was only in trouble because I got caught. But you got to understand that I'm introduced to board at a very young age. And then I get caught in, in kindergarten fondling a girl in a bathroom and I don't get in trouble for it. You got to understand how that affects somebody growing up. So in my head, I ain't really doing something all that wrong. Right. So then, you know, a little later and, you know, I would say around six, seven, you know, my father started teaching me how to fight. If you guys don't know, I've been boxing all my life. Right. I have about a hundred and something amateur fights. Um, and now I'm professional. I have one, I have one pro fight that I won. Um, I have a second pro fight coming up in May that I'm going to win. Um, and, you know, I've just been literally fighting all my life. So I always, always thought that I was fight. My father taught me how to fight because I was always fighting, right? Because around first, second grade, I used to get into a lot of fights in school. And the reason, I don't know why, I just always got into fights. I always, always got into fights. And when I got into these fights, I would go home, I would get a beaten, and then I would go back to school and do the same thing. Like it was a cycle. I'll go home, get get my ass beat, and I would go get back to school, fight somebody again. It was like I didn't learn, right? It was like I didn't learn. I just continued, got in trouble and trouble, went home, got a beat, and did the same thing. Um, and I think because, you know, living in Farrakhoe at the time, Farrakhoe, Queens, the kids were bad too. They were bad. I was just really a product of my environment and I wasn't no punk. And I always thought that maybe my father was teaching me how to fight because I was getting to fights. That's why I started boxing. But I had my first amateur fight at eight. And he was like, no, I was always going to teach you how to fight. I was like, all right, whatever. But I remember like around the age of seven or six, this is where fighting demons came in, right? Like literally fighting demons. And I can say, I guess you can say figuratively, the first demon that I held, and it was, that was probably the first secret that I kept from my parents was getting caught in the bathroom with a girl 
And because the teacher didn't tell tell my parents, I wasn't going to tell them. Damn sure I wasn't going to tell them because why would I? You think I'm going to get in trouble? Absolutely not. Especially as a five-year-old kid, you think I'm going to go tell my parents? Yeah, I was in the bathroom with a, with a girl and we were kissing and touching and put, had our hands in each other. Absolutely not. So, you know, that was the first secret that I kept from my parents. And that was probably my first major secret ever. Because I even told my mom that my that my uncle would let me, you know, watch adult films with him. And, you know, I'm really grateful for that because I, I hear a lot of worse people, a lot of worse stories from other people who, who say that their uncle touched them on some weird shit. And my uncle never did that to me. Thank God, right? But, you know, being exposed to adult films at five and four years old, it's probably not the best thing either. But, you know, that's the first time you can say that, uh, you know, I, that first demon I had in the closet, I didn't tell anybody. But then I would say around seven, I want to say seven or six, because I had we had moved from my first apartment and we was living near Bayswaters at this time in Farakaway. And this is where shit started to get crazy. And this shit went on for years. So I'm about to go to sleep. And my father uh, had told me to go to sleep and I'm laying in the bed. And the lights were off. And I always, I think at that time, I always kept the door open. I don't even think I had a door on my, no, I don't think I had a door on my, to my room at that time. If I did, it was open. Um, And I'm about to go to sleep and I'm just sitting there. And I, I remember looking at the ceiling, at like the ceiling towards the door. And the sound came towards the door and the sound literally said it was a deep ass voice out of nowhere. And it said, rest in peace. Literally, now you gotta understand. I'm like six or six or seven, and this fucking random ass, deep ass voice, right? Sounding, sounding like Morgan Freeman and Batman put together says, "Rest in peace." I freaked the hell out. I yelled and screamed to call my dad, and my dad just being such a hard person, like he's just like such a hard person, and he's like, "Well." It was probably it was probably God telling you to go sleep. Mind you, my family's Muslim. I'm like, why would God tell me to me as a six or seven year old telling? Why would God tell me to go to sleep? That's not cool. He, no, I can't sleep now. I cannot sleep. God wouldn't do that. That ain't God. And this is me having the common sense to know that a, that that our Creator wouldn't do that. So I'm like, hell no, that ain't no God. What are you talking about? Long story short, my father was like, listen, you got to go to sleep, and I gotta go. I gotta be to work in the morning. So I had to toughen up. And I think for about three years, I was scared of the dark. Um, sometimes I, I think I would pee to bed. And like I had this fear of sleeping alone. And I and, and like for years. And I, like when my brother was born, like he didn't sleep with me right away. But like maybe when I was like nine, when he was like maybe when I was like 10 or 11, when he was like one or two or something like that, then he would like sleep with me. Right. And that made me a lot better. But by that time, I wasn't as afraid because now I had this fear of the dark and I had a really big closet in my room and I always hear like little noises. I get I would got I got a lot of sleep paralysis. Like you, if you never had sleep paralysis, like when you sleep and you're stuck and I always felt like something was above me. Right. And I felt it like sometimes I even felt stuff on my arm. It was crazy. And there was a lot of it was so many nights I did not sleep. It was, I developed really bad bags. I was in school falling asleep because I was, I was literally being terrified by what God knows what. 
I say demons, right? Especially when I have a good understanding what demons are, like gens and stuff like that. I learned this stuff in religious class. I learned this stuff in like, you know, when I was really young. So how I became like not afraid of the dark anymore, not a, being afraid of being alone and just had to get some sleep. So I say around eight years old, um, maybe around, yeah, around eight years old, I was like, listen, I always thought there was something in my closet, like a monster going to, I always thought there was something under my bed. So I said, you know what, fuck this. Cause I've been boxing at this point for about, you know, two years. Cause my father started teaching me in the house around six. I was like, listen, if there's something in that closet, I'm going to fight him. We're going to have to fight it out. All right. And my father always make me watch these warrior movies. He will always make me watch all this warrior stuff. And it's like death before dishonor. If you're going to die, if you're going to die, you got to go out fighting. So I, I started to develop this mindset. And was, I said, you know what? If there's something in that closet and it's going to get me, I'm going to fight it. I'm going to fight it because I got tired of being scared. And I got because you got to tell my I tell my pops this. And I didn't really go to my mom about this stuff. And I, I think I told my mom maybe three years ago about this story. Right. Uh, and I told my pops, but he didn't ever do nothing. And he didn't really take it serious. Uh, but it's just crazy because I'll tell you some shit that he told me. I'm like, if you knew this, why didn't you tell me? But listen, so I said, you know, I'm going to fight him. So th there were so many nights I stood outside my closet with a bat. I stood outside my closet with stuff thinking that something was going to be in my closet, um, thinking something was going to pop out. And I had this fear I'm going to fight it. There were so many nights that, like, I threw stuff at my closet. I, I fucking bum rushed my closet thinking of something that was in there and, it, and and i wasn't just crazy it wasn't just a, a fear in my mind because i heard stuff moving like i heard stuff was fall and i did have a lot of toys as a kid but like toys just weren't falling and, and moving and shit wasn't falling all the time like that on its own so that's how i got over the fear and every time i heard a little noise like around 10 or 9 i would throw something at the closet like i would get upset and i developed this anger for it because at this time i had maybe like 10, 12 amateur fights and I was fighting. So I was a little tough I, and I had just as many, even more fights in school. And, and mind you at, at like nine and 10, my father had me walking from, I, my school was on 20, like the 22nd or 25th. And I would walk all the way to the eighties. Like the, I would pass like five different projects walking to my aunt's house because my mom was at work and my dad was at work. And when my mom, when my aunt moved, I had to pass through like eight projects. I was, I was subjugated to all types of stuff, right? I was subjugated to like crackheads, gangs. Uh, I, I didn't pass people shooting. I got guns pulled down on me and I'm 10 years old. This is not a lie. This is not a lie. I will. And you know what? I'm going to make a video. My first shootout I was in, I was eight years old and I was at daycare. I know it sounds like a lie, but when I, what I'm going to do, I'm going to make a video and I'm going to tell my, am I going to have my mom on camera? And I'm like, mom, how old was I when I was at my first? I remember the last time I asked her, she was like, she didn't remember at first. She was like, listen, I done been through so many, I forgot. And then she, and when I started to tell her, you don't remember you picked me up and I was crying, right? My parents made, subjugated me to so much shit growing up, like shit that a 10 year old and a nine year old I shouldn't go through crazy like now that i say it and i'm saying it on camera that i've been through my first i was in my first shootout and i wasn't shooting but i was i was surrounded by it and i remember it was in 40s projects and i had my head out the window looking out the window and they started shooting this shit is crazy absolutely crazy right so in this and this was my life and i would say 
as when I started to become less scared and when I started fighting more and I became and I and I started to gain some more mental toughness, that's when like the spooky stuff stopped. Unless it was like sleep paralysis where I couldn't move and then I felt like stuff on my shoulder and I felt like something was right above me and I absolutely couldn't move, right? And it stopped. It stopped until I would say around 15, 16. This is when it started up again. And by this time, I had about maybe 80, 70 fights as an amateur, just as many street fights like in the street, like I used to fight a lot. There was times I got into fights with people because they looked at me wrong. I always had a chip on my shoulder, right? Um, because I knew how to fight and I was super confident at that point. And I guess when I was younger, a lot of guys thought I was some pretty boy or they thought that I didn't know how to fight. And you got to understand in New York during this time, this was like gangs was just getting like crazy. It was like getting running rampant and everybody was tough. Everybody was hard. Um, I did a lot of things that I regret doing that I'm not going to mention on camera. Uh, but I had, a, I was tough. Let's just say the least I was tough. But then around 15 to 16, I started having a lot of dreams, like a lot of dreams with like, like demons and fighting demons. It's just like a lot of paranormal shit would happen to me when I was home alone, like just hearing stuff. And, um, and it kind of stopped when my cousins started living with us, but I would just always get mad whenever I hear, like, I wouldn't go in my basement by myself, like just to, unless I needed something. Cause my room was down there at the time, unless I absolutely needed something. But like whenever I got mad and would hear some shit or if I hear something spook, I would throw something at it. Like I would run towards it because it, it gets me upset because at this point, I understand that things are fucking with me. Right. Somebody's fucking with me. And I know I'm not crazy because I'm perfectly sane. I'm perfectly competent. I'm extremely intelligent. I can correlate. I can correlate things. I can analyze things. Very analytical. Right. And and with the dreams, the dreams were something very specific. And I remember being younger and my father telling me. As you get older, you're going to be able to control your dreams a lot better. And that surely that started to happen. And even my grandfather told me this too. So I started getting these dreams where like demons, I'd be like being picked up. And then when I was younger, when I was going to religion class, my father, I learned, my father always sent me to religion class and he, and I learned in religion class that there's something called jinns and jinns are basically, uh, another life form that we say are that were created by God. Right. And we say that they were created for the same purpose. We were created to worship God, but they also can intrude on your dreams. And we basically say they're demons, but it's just a different name for it. And so in this, in my head, I'm like fighting demons in my, literally fighting demons in my dreams. And then I told my, and I used to sleep a lot around that time. Cause I used to wake, cause I was worked out so much and I used to get so much sleep around. That was the best sleep I ever got from like 15 to like 17. And I started to tell my father and cause he would work late and he would call the house. I'm like, yeah, I keep having dreams like, like demons. And he was like, yeah, it started around this age for me too. I'm like, what, what do you mean to start? What started? Uh, hello? What are you talking about? He's like, yeah, I used to get a lot of um, dreams like that. And then he was like, you know, then when I got a little older, I started seeing them. I was like, oh my God, are you telling me that I'm about to start seeing demons too? And then, and then like, I remember my father would tell me stories about how, because my father grew up in Harlem in the eighties. Now, if you know anything about eighties, that's the drug era. You can go on, go on Hulu and watch Snowfall. 
that's what it was like. He, my father told me on a whole bunch of different occasions he's got shot at. Now I think about it, my mother and my father have both been shot at, <laughs> right? Um, he told me a whole bunch of situations, but then he told me about stories where he'll be hanging out with his friends and he would see stuff like, like, and he described it as like this black figure, a humanoid figure, but it was all black. And it was like, it was, it looked like it was in a, um, in like a surfer suit, right? And it didn't have a face. It was just all black. And he would tell his friends, hey, you don't see that over there? And they're like, nah, we don't see it. And he, only he could see it. Now, maybe he could see things that maybe he couldn't see. And then my mom told me like a few years ago that, yeah, he would tell, she would, um, my dad would tell my mom about how demons were following him home and all types of crazy shit that he would go through. So then my father later on tells me that, uh, well, my mom told me and then my father told me also that there was a curse put on us, right? Um, from my, I don't think the curse has any merit anymore. I don't think, I think it's bullshit now, but he said that supposedly my grandfather, my grandfather's still alive. I think my grandfather's like 70 something. Um, uh, supposedly he had a child out of wedlock and he had this child out of wedlock. And, um, what happened was, uh, he didn't take care of it. So supposedly the woman was a, a brujeria, a fucking witch. Right. Um, uh, and, and, uh, she supposedly put a curse on the men in the generation that they'll forever be poor and destitute and won't be broke and have problems with money. Uh, and that's bullshit because my father has like over a million dollars in his retirement. He's living great and still making money. Uh, I've been making more money than I've ever been making from doing this social media shit. Um, so I don't think there's that. Um, but the one thing that did stick is these motherfucking demons, right? So, and I would say like, in my teen years, I just was always like, I was bad. I was bad. Like, if you ask anybody who knew, I was bad. Like, I was like hooking up with girls. I would hook up with girls in the bathroom. I was, yo, I told you guys, I finished high school with like, with close to like, I want to say 40 something by 40 or 50 bodies or something like that. Like, with girls that I've been with. Started at 12. I, I don't know why people don't believe that. I don't feel like that's far fetched. I guess back in that day, social media wasn't what it is now. So we had to approach girls. Because if you didn't, you weren't going to talk to anybody. Um, and it was a lot of girls that had definitely hooked up with on the low, especially in high school. And I was just getting into a lot of fights. It's I stopped wilding like I was around 17, 18. But I got into a lot of fights, a lot of street fights, just a lot of random shit, a lot of shit that I never even told my parents. Right. Just a lot of stuff. I think my cousin knows a lot about it. I got I got jumped. It was just a lot of stuff that I got into on my own. And it was just really bad. I remember around 14 15 i was robbing people no this was like 12 13 i was robbing kids at school for lunch money because i came from far rockaway so the school is a little different now we're living in the suburbs right and there wasn't that school just didn't provide lunch you had to pay for your lunch so it was like and my parents didn't know that they thought it was the same operating thought it was operating the same way when we were in queens so I didn't have lunch money. So I was like, fuck it. I got to eat. Our girls that liked me would give me like money or give me some of their food or share their food with me. Other than that, I wasn't going to eat. And my parents let this go on for like six months. I'm like, what the hell? And I was like, why? I got in trouble for it, actually. And they're like, why are you doing that? I was like, because I won't eat. Y'all don't give me money. And I remember my mom. I asked my mom, but I was, she gave me like $5. $5 wasn't enough to get nothing like that. Nothing crazy. And the crazy part is we were allowed to leave school. I remember a lot of times I would leave school and go to like, we were right next to a park. I would get head to park. I'd be messing with girls on my break. But anyway, all the fighting demon stuff kind of stopped for a while until 2018. I actually documented it. One day I'll actually do like a whole little video on it. 
and like I have the video saved on my phone. Uh, crazy situation. I was asleep. And I remember this was like after I had broke up. Like a, it was 2017, 2018. I remember it was a little after I had like cut off my ex completely. Um, and so I'm sleeping and I felt that presence over my head. Uh, and um, I'm like sleeping, I'm laid back, but I can feel it. And my eyes isn't open yet. So I'm awake, but my eyes is closed. And I think at this age, I'm like maybe 26, 25 or something like that. Maybe 27, not 100% sure in the math. But I see it and I I don't see it. I feel it. My eyes is closed. But I'm like still kind of half sleep or drowsy kind of stuff. And it was like I was kind of having a dream that like whatever it was in my dream was like trying to chase me. But then I woke up and I feel it. So I'm kind of like half sleep or half awake. It's like a real, it's like a dream state. Like almost I wasn't sure if it was real or not. But then I feel it. And I don't have sleep paralysis at this point. I, I, I can move and I see it and I, and I, I don't see it, but I, I, I see a, a, like a dark figure and I get up and I start swinging. Like I get, I hop out my bed and I'm like half asleep. So I'm kind of stumbling too. And I just start swinging. Like I'm trying to grab it. I'm trying to punch it. And like, I had sneaker boxes like this, right? And I, my sneaker boxes, like my bed was like right here and the sneaker box was right here. So I got up and start swinging and trying to grab it. And then I end up punching my sneaker boxes and my hand was bleeding. And like I punched a hole in my sneaker because I was still like swinging. And then like I kind of like woke up and I'm like, fuck, what is going on? And then like I'm like now I'm fully awake and I'm fully aware because it was almost like dream walking. But like I, I know I felt it and I wanted to grab that motherfucker. I was literally like I was not scared. I was just trying to get it. It was like, it's like, you know, like something like, you know, you sleep and then it's like, you're trying to grab something. But like, I was really trying to get that mother. Like I was literally trying to, like, I was trying to get it. Like I was really trying to get it. Like there was not, having fear wasn't even a thing. It was like literally like someone being outside your bed and you trying to hit them. Like I was trying to hit him. Like I maybe thought I thought it was an intruder or something, but it was this black figure. And every time I was swinging, it was like, it was this close to me. And I just kept missing. And then, like, when I started hitting my, like, my fucking, my shoe case, my shoe boxes, I, like, kind of woke up. And I'm, like, and I'm looking around. And I'm, like, what the hell? 